Well, so is, is Matt, Matt Skiba is just, he's the permanent replacement. He's just in the band now. Yeah. It was like, they did it almost as a fuck you to Tom for a little bit. And then they're like, <laughs> actually, no, this dude's just better than Tom. We're just going to keep him. Well, I mean, Tom went all like Pizzagate slash UFO theory. He got I actually super don't know into he... weird conspiracies. Yeah. He went off the deep end. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that he's into Pizzagate, but, like, it's, it wouldn't be a stretch. Yeah. He is, at the very least, Pizzagate adjacent. Yes, yes. Which is not anywhere you want to be. <laughs> you don't want to be anywhere ve- in the vicinity of Pizzagate. Yeah, you don't want, like, your Venn diagram of beliefs to overlap with Pizzagate in any way, shape, or form. You don't want to be the type of guy that might think about Pizzagate as being real, right? Like, if you're even, like, if, if that even comes up in people's minds, you're doing something with your life incorrectly. Based on this song, uh, we might get some insight into how you become a Pizzagate guy. <laughs> Do you blame it on your youth? Is, is that what happens? That's, I mean, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. <laughs> but I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. As as we get into this song, I'm hoping I can somehow piece together enough, like, bullshit information to be like, yep, there it is. There, there it is. is. That's the, how that... you – that was the turn to Pizzagate. Even though it's not about – it's not a Tom song. It's a, it's a Mark song. It's a, it is a Mark song and it is, uh, yeah. I, well, so it, it is, it, this is also a song that's like in the vein of, I think over the last couple of years, we've had a lot of, uh, particularly punk bands and even like punk, like resurgent bands that are coming, coming back onto the radio and what have you are doing these kind of like reflective of their life songs. Which makes sense because they're like all in their forties. Yeah, it's now. the it's the growing older genre of punk, right? Like, yeah. oh fuck, it, it's what it's the Menzingers. It's you know, yeah, exactly. It what is, are we going to do is, now that our twenties are over? Exactly, exactly. Which is oh god, that song, that song hit me like I I I never felt more attacked in my life than <laughs> the first time I heard after the party. Yeah, just, um, that whole album is just like oh god. Like they're right, yeah. and it makes me sad. Yeah, it's so it's like God damn it. But speaking, uh, speaking of the Menzingers, this song "Blame It on My Youth" by Blink One Eighty Two reminds me of like a bad version of a Menzinger song, a, a, oh, a particular Menzinger song. Who's your partner? Do you know that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I was born on a light-skinned road. You know, I was born with an engineer's goals, right? And yeah. he's like trying to deal with his privilege and this song is exactly the opposite of that exactly it's and like i was born and i had nothing and it's like no you didn't you fucker yeah yeah i okay it was why, why don't we let's just fucking it. dive let's in let's dive in and and so all right so well you know first first opening line of the first uh the first verse i wasn't born with the rich blood i started out with plenty of nothing at all yeah and um, really quick though i want to i want to talk about even before that what did you think about like when the song started like the intro of this song and like you know the little like weird drowning man voice blaming it blaming it on my youth like that you hear like almost in the background yeah so i was like so i was unsurprised i guess like <laughs> <laughs> like give, give me a second give me a second yeah, it's no, like, yeah. so like when i heard the first time i saw that this song came out and i hit play on it 
and the overall like aesthetic of the music like the more like electronic uh synthesizer stuff the really way buried in the mix like guitars yes i was like okay i guess they're gonna go in this direction like this is not i my expectations have not been subverted i actually this is fine (laughs) yeah and then and the other funny thing about this is like Travis's drums are like the funniest thing in the world to me because it's like this is a pop punk band they always oh, have yeah. been like a three chord <laughs> pop punk band and Travis is like but what if Neil Pert was drumming it's just like the weirdest shit ever he puts so much like thought and effort into these like cool syncopated beats for like oh yeah songs about like your mom walking in on you jacking off or whatever like it's like the <laughs> dumbest. But, like, I can appreciate a band who puts way too much effort into the music to then, like, sing about dumb stuff. Mostly because that's what I do as a musician. Right. No, I, I like that as a as – an like, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I just think it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. He's no, I, like, you know – That makes it so much funnier. He is going to drum teacher the shit out of this dumbass pop punk song. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, it's like – I mean, to be fair, it's like, uh, what, Josh Freeze and the Vandals – like, yeah. he's way too good to be in the Vandals. Well, but, but at least with Josh Freeze, like, he has this, like, level of restraint where he's like, look, I know I'm, like, an amazing drummer, and th- this song calls for, like, doodle bop beats, so I'm just gonna doodle bop. And then, like, every now and then, Josh, like, picks his spots to go crazy. But, yeah. like, Travis Barker just, he has no chill. He's just, like... A hundred percent the whole time, like weird syncopated shit on the hi hats. Like I'm just gonna go for it. Hey man, like it's uh, funny. To me. It's funny to it's, me to be honest. You know what? It's like uh, he's got lots of talent. Maybe not a whole lot of taste. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. It's just a level of like like calm it down, bro. Calm it down. Well, like, like, you, it, I, you're I at mean, like an eleven. Take it to like an eight. I mean, like you've seen. I don't know. If, maybe you haven't. Like on YouTube, there's like the tra- hit Travis Barker releases videos of him drumming over other people's songs. <laughs> no, and but... it's oh my god! It's like it's a universe that nobody nobody needs to spend any time in uh, because. But it's, it is as... exactly the type of universe that I would like fall down into and spend oh, yeah. way too long. It's totally ridiculous. It's like him, like all different genres of music, just like drumming over top of it. And, like, it is drum teacher who, like, has no idea what dynamics are. Just, like, just going crazy. crazy, Being totally ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, hey, fuck it, man. Like, you know, you do you. uh, You're you're living the good life, I assume. uh, So do whatever you want. That's that's fine. But it's but it's ridiculous. Yes. All right. So now let's get into the let's get into the actual like the first verse. And, like, the melody – and this is where I think, like, the melody sounds like that Menzinger song, Who's Your Partner. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, you know, s- standard beat, da, 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 and then it's just, like, this yeah. very Menzinger-Z melody to me. Well, and it's, it's even just, like – it's just very reminiscent of stuff off of, like, Enema of the State or there are other two songs that – or two songs, two albums. This is, this is yeah. how Mark Hoppus sings – Right. It, yeah, like, this is his like yeah. He has this very like comfortable range like vocal range and he just writes in this like very easy major key and that's fine for him. Yeah, exactly. And I think it works. Like to like to be honest, I think on this verse, these verses are pretty good. I like these verses like in terms of just like the melody and the song structure. 
Yeah, no, I, I think I think they're fine. Um, but I think what he's I, saying I is utter bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's well, it just it just okay. So like we've already got um, uh, we get into next. Like I got stuck, I got stuck in the thick mud, the flash flood of punk rock and the alcohol, and I you know I I'll I'll admit this. I bought Enema of the State when I was like I don't know at twelve or eleven or whenever the fuck it came out. Was and it that long? I I remember it's twenty Dude years Ranch coming out. When I was in like, I want to say like ninth grade. So this is so so. Right, like Damn it state... was like their big their first big hit. Yeah, and then Enema was like I felt like I was in deep into high school like junior year. Sophomore no, junior there's year. I, I don't think so because it was uh, actually maybe you were I don't know. So ninety nine is when this is when the, when Enema of the State came out. This is the twenty year anniversary. Of... Okay, so but in ninety nine I was a sophomore in high school. Okay, so, so you you know you weren't that deep yeah. into high school. No, that's true, I guess. <laughs> but like that that album kept producing hits for them for like a year. Mm-hmm. So if it came out in '99, like the hits were still coming out in 2000. Yeah, exactly. So the one thing I want to point out though, like the the next line in this song, "I was raised on a rerun," is actually kind of how I feel about the melody to this song and then just this song and like well and I, I think just blink 182 in general was raised on a rerun right like they're yeah. the, they're basically screeching weasel for people who can't stand Ben weasel's vocals right like yeah that's yeah, all would... they are it's just like this like three chord pop punk band that had like that couldn't really play their instruments very well until like I don't know, their third album or so. Yeah, so like, exactly. Yeah, they were raised on a rerun because also Screeching Weasel was just a ripoff of the Ramones. Right. And the Ramones were just a ripoff of the Beach Boys. So yes. they were like this like four thing removed process. Yes. And then, but like I can, like, so this is the, this is the one thing about like Blink-182 songs and I guess like any writer in, in and of themselves, doesn't matter who they are, whether it's like Ernest Hemingway or J.K. Rowling, you occasionally have a glimmer of like, okay, that's pretty good. Like right. I was bored to death, so I started a band. Like absolutely, that is being a teenager. See, I hate have... that line. I hate you hate that, that line, line so much. Yeah, yeah. So I like oh. okay. So the one back up really quick. All I got right, stuck right, in right. the thick mud, the flash flood, punk rock, and the alcohol. I do like. Okay. okay. All right. I like the metaphor of punk and alcohol in your like late teens as this like arresting time period like this thing that just stops you and you don't have sure. any like sort of movement because that that to me is like very relatable and that, that's like, also that's also 100 where i that is blink 182 in terms of their song like their their topic of choice is like this very like kind of juvenile type of humor and whatever. yeah i'm never gonna grow up i'm always gonna be yeah. a fucking snotty smart ass kid yeah okay all right, like, so, okay, so but the, I was bored to death, so I started a band. So first of all, it's a reference to one of their other songs, right? Like their song on California, "Bored to Death." Yeah. So he's literally just like being self-referential. But then also, this is the biggest fucking lie that people in bands tell themselves. Like mm-hmm. you didn't start a band because you were bored to death. You started a band because you were lonely and you wanted to be cool and you wanted girls to notice you. Like that's <laughs> why Blink One Eighty Two exists. They weren't bored. They were sad. So okay, I would. They so were starved for attention. But okay, so I think that's one. I think it's one one possible avenue that you could go down. It is the avenue I one hundred percent went down. 
<laughs> but um but it's always like this is the problem with blink's like later stuff is that it's it's this weird revisionist history where they just refuse to be honest with themselves and do any sort of like actual self-introspection but I, but i also think i was like it sounds cooler like i was so bored so i started a band man Right? But, I also, like, but I also think that's but I think that's actually I think there's more truth to that than necessarily than you're necessarily giving them. I mean, I definitely 100 percent agree that like the reasons why bands are being started or like why most bands actually start is like this loneliness and they want to get attention. But I think there's like an element of boredom to that. And especially like, I don't know, like we, you know, at this when I was a teenager, I was living in in Arizona and like out in the fucking boonies and there was literally nothing to do except for play if you had any sort of musical skill it was like everybody like skateboarded or played in a band and it was like a fine way to pass the time on the weekends or after school right so i think there's an element no, that's of true and bored. i guess what i'm saying is that like he was bored to death so he started a band but like he could say something more interesting about that right yeah. like he could talk about what it means to be in a band and like what his actual motivations were for starting a band because this just seems very flip Right? Like, it, it seems like this weird glorification of, like, oh, yeah, like, man, just punk rock and alcohol, and I was bored to death, so I started a band. Like, he's he's trying to make himself cool. Still. Which yeah. maybe is, like, which, you know, that is, like, weirdly an interesting way to do it, maybe. Like, he's showing you, like, I still am arrested in this state, in this, like, 1999 state of mind because I'm still not able to be honest with myself as to why I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. That I could be, that could be maybe that's what, that's what they're doing. All right. So then we get it, but then we get into, uh, my least favorite metaphor <laughs> or idiom is cut my teeth on the safe, on a safety dance, on the safety dance. And it's right. like, I just hate that cut my teeth. It's just, I don't know why. I just hate it so much. <laughs> like, I think it's just Well, dumb. yeah, and it's like, is he saying, is, is he trying to make the metaphor of also, like, he did, you know, it's it's the safety dance, and so it's ironic that he he cut his teeth on it? Yeah. Because that's not something that you're supposed is, to do, because it's a safety to, dance? Is he trying to be funny? Or is it, or, or alternatively, very literally, his first band just covered safety dance? Right. Like, yeah. Wasn't it like like punk punk goes eighties or something like that? Yeah, that was like right. totally a fucking thing. Oh my god, that was like another one of those things that I um I don't care how many people I alienate for this, but if you were into punk goes eighties, you are a terrible person, <laughs> and like that shit was just lame, so fucking lame. Yeah, it was kind of lame. I mean, like I don't know. People should like what they like, but yeah, it, you no, might as well absolutely. just listen to those songs. Like the, <laughs> the punk goes eighties. Like they didn't add anything interesting to those songs. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the that's the thing is if you're gonna do a cover song, like do some interesting arrangement. If you're just gonna like play just like fast punk and just almost like note for note recover that song, like that's not super. It just doesn't make anything interesting to me. It doesn't give me any new insights into the song. Um, doesn't help you grow as a musician, like re like, like going ahead and rearranging a song and creating your own arrangement for your band and your instrumentation. Like that makes you grow as a musician because it's, it's hard and it pushes you out of your comfort zone. But like at the same time, you at least get some little bit of structure. Like the structure is already there. The song already exists now. Like how creative can you be? with this and right and and it's always and it's always like this weird like ironic thing where it's like 
oh yeah, it's like fucking, you know, Kajagoogoo's too shy but fast and loud. Isn't that yeah. funny? Like, it always has this kind of, like, animosity towards the source material that I yeah. always found, like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like, do you hate this song? Is that why you're covering it? Or do you yeah. like it and that's why you're covering it? Yeah. Or it's... is it somewhere in between, right? It's like, I like it ironically. Yeah, I think it's like, I they want, they, they like it. Or it's, it's, so, okay, so this is so actually, like, um, uh, this is brand new insight. This just this just hit me. This is, uh, it could be, because, like, if you think about it, like, when you're in your teens, it's like, there is this element of, like, oh, am I being dumb? Am I, you're wanting to impress people. And so then when you cover these songs, you can then say you like it ironically. But if you were like, oh, no, I like that song. Too. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I do like that song, too. Yeah, you like, can have it both ways. Like you can have it both ways. Yeah. You can either cover it ironically and hide the fact that you are too ashamed to admit that you like what you like, or you know, you could also be like, "Yeah, no, that song sucks." We're just we're just trying to be funny, right? Which is fine. Hey, you know, we all got to navigate navigate the uh, the the teenage and early young adult world as much as we can in the like least traumatic ways possible, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, and, and on some level, it's like, this is all lame stuff that we all did, right? Like, this yeah. isn't like, oh, these other people are lame. Like, we all were victim to this kind oh, of, like, Oh, uh, absolutely. I, but it's still this idea of, like, being young is about desperately trying to be cool. And that's what sucks about Blink is that they don't ever, like, just acknowledge that. Yes, absolutely. Or the way that they acknowledge it is through showing you that they're acknowledging it. But they don't actually, like, write about it. They don't ever write about what it feels like to be insecure about not being cool. Exactly. Um, so then we, so we're, it's like, all right. So the final, the final line of the first verse is my attention span never stood a chance. It's like, okay, like stay ADD, ADHD. Right. Well, and this is like, this was like this big thing in the like late nineties. Right. Is like this idea of, Oh, the fucking government, like right. are, are, they're giving you pills for your ADD. Like, it was this weird, like, like, do you remember this? I do. I do. Like, like, um, there was a band 10 foot pole had a song called ADD and it was about like a kid whose like mom was stealing his ADD pills. And it was just like this like really weirdly boring non-controversy. And it's actually like, if you think about it, kind of terrible because it's like, you know, kids with attention span issues were just like the butt of everybody's dumb jokes about it. Well, and now, and now everybody is on like ADD meds to like just right. fuck ADD like uh Adderall is a fucking uh party drug now for some right. people like yeah it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous there's just so much it's this is clearly a thread that we are 20 years probably 30 years on and you know there's still songs being made about ADD meds apparently <laughs> yeah yeah, um, like, come on. But also, like, this is a perfect example of how they're stuck in 1999, because, like, this ADD joke was, like, this big thing in 99, and now no one, like, it's almost unrecognizable now. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not, a, well, it's not a joke, like, it is... Yeah, now it it's is... just like, oh, there's this actual problem that people's brains are having. Yeah. And, like, the more we learn about brains, the more we realize, like, people process shit differently. Yeah. And, like, but before that, it was like, ha, these fucking weirdos, they have to take medicine. It was weird. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's super weird time. Um, so then the the thing is, though, it's too late. Can you forgive me now? Can you forgive me now? What is he asking what? forgiveness for? Is, is it like, is it, what I don't get is like, are you asking forgiveness for this kind of like um, puerile, like humor and like just 
like no like no actual maturity to your writing because like that hasn't changed like you've just given us a verse that isn't honestly like... it feels like he's asking forgiveness for like his very existence right like, like <laughs> it's like this original sin thing it's like, it's like can you just look i know I'm, I'm like a shit guy just can you forgive me now it's too late i can't change i can't make myself better i'm i'm stuck here i'm gonna be making shitty songs that don't make any sense for the rest of my life with Matt Skiba and yeah and, now now it's and just the like, like rush for some reason now i feel like what the the album the album cover for the whenever this album comes out needs to be blink 182 and then like the big now as seen on tv now with Matt Skiba like or the like now 25% more shit that you see on like uh bottles of shampoo or whatever yeah exactly exactly <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, that's that's exactly what this is. Like, it just I think they're I'm gonna go with they're absolutely asking for forgiveness that they exist as a band and that they're continuing to put out music. Yeah, just their their continual sin of existing and making music. All right, so chorus. It's time for chorus, the chorus. Chorus. Before we get into the lyrical content of the chorus, what did you think when the chorus hit? Like the first time you heard it, the ver- my very first reaction. I, and so this is this is written down in my notes. All right, all right, the, all right, comma all right is like what I wrote. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, all right. So it's here's like, the weirdest thing. It's like it felt like Matt and and Mark knew that they were going into this like big chorus, but mm-hmm. they forgot to tell Travis because like <laughs> Travis keeps doing this like. Yes. You know, it's like he's in a completely different band. He's just doing this, like, weird shuffle beat on the hi-hat. And it's, like, Whoa. supposed to be this, like, big, you know, crash cymbal thing. And it's just, like, you know, everyone should just be wailing on their shit. But instead, Travis is, like, on the weird shit still doing his weird, like, What? Well, so I think that's – I think the what could possibly be going on here is, like, you know, it really – again, this is, like, what – here is where the the guitars need to come up in the mix. Like they're still the the guitars are buried so far down in the mix. Yeah. Like they come up like clearly like you, they come up a little more and instead of like being some sort of like palm muted guitar thing, they're actually just like open strumming. So you, and maybe you hear them a little more, maybe they did right. mix them up a little bit cuz you can hear them way better, but it's still this like synthesizer thing, this like electronic uh beat is throughout the entire fucking song. Yeah, but yeah, and it's like it's this the chorus wants to be this big anthemic, right? Where it's like you can never kill my high and there's just like you just see like explosions in the background and right. just like, you know, these dudes just killing it, but it's like that's not what they did. It, they no. were like, let's write a song that should do that but doesn't. Yeah. So it's and when you get that, it's like, okay, you need to kill my high, I'm the ink and you're the headline. What the fuck does that even mean? I I I'm the ink and you're the headline? But well, isn't the headline composed of the like? I don't get. It. I don't fucking. Get it. I, I thought about this for way is, too long this morning. <laughs> this is a this is a reach of a. This is <laughs> this is again. This is a teenager writing stuff down that's like sounds good. And because I mean, how many of the bands that like that? Like when you were a teenager, you listen to this stuff, and then ten years later, you listen. You like listen to it again as an adult who's like actually read some shit or like actually experienced yeah. life. And you're like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, yeah, that 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 makes no sense. No, it's like, okay, whatever, that's fine. Do you remember just quickly <laughs> on, the, on the topic of that's a reach? 
<laughs> Do you remember when we went to the battle rap and the uh, the dude, one of the dudes, just said something that like totally sucked, right? It was like something oh, about God, Palestine. What was that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He called the other guy Palestine. Like your Palestine. <laughs> like he was trying to say like your pal. Like I don't know. It was trying to go for something. Yeah. And the entire audience just kind of like looked around. Oh and yeah. And this one dude in the back who was like about to take a bite of pizza. Yeah, he just like takes a bite of pizza and then just goes, that's a reach. Yeah, super loud, but like just (laughs) Yeah, but like he's but the best part is like he was just sitting on like a metal folding chair while everybody else is like standing up. Standing like watching his battle. This dude just like in the back by himself on a folding chair about to eat a slice of pizza. Doing his that's a reach. That's a reach. He just vocalized what everybody was thinking, but too afraid to say. <laughs> and then the whole crowd lost it. That was great. Yeah, it was so good. That was a reach. But yeah, so I, I, I'm the ink and you're, and you're the headline. That's a fucking reach That's for sure. Reach. I don't that know what it is. Well, okay, so then we get to like the actual, like the anthemic portion of the chorus. The blame it, blame it on my youth. Well, no, there's, there's the you can never block my shine. I've been lost since 1999. Well, so that, right? that so like, blame blame it blame it on my youth breaks up those two couplets. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. There's like the little blame it blaming it on my youth, yeah. Yeah, um, but like yeah, so, so okay, but you can never block my shine. I've been lost since 1999. Like, all right, so you're like just is that mean like you're just gonna be pleasantly idiotic about your entire life, like. Yeah, you you will never you're get blissfully me to unaware, self aware person. You will never get me to grow up. I've been this same shitbag since 1999. And so it's like, that is the thing that they're asking for forgiveness for. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. it right there. So, I've been a shitbag since 99. And right. you know what? That's the first honest thing they say in this song. I would I would 100% agree with that. And then we get blink line Trio, baby. Let's go, Matt Skiba. Let's <laughs> blink- go, Matty Skeebs. It's your turn, bro. Trio. <laughs> Oh God! Um, the and... Matt Skiba, the whole verse is hilarious to me because yeah. he like he doesn't say anything the no. entire verse. It's just like I was suffering hard times. I was falling into holes of my despair. I was getting my thumb caught in the car door of life's small tragedies. Right? It's just like this weirdly like weird <laughs> metaphors that don't mean anything. I yeah. was accidentally stepping on the bear trap of tough time. <laughs> well, that's like, <laughs> like, so that is also just reminds me immediately of like Alkaline Trio and just fucking, um, you remember that song Radio? Yeah. <laughs> like. Take my radio like, would, to bed with me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, I was shaking like a dog shitting razor blades. Like, like what the razor fuck? Their whole thing was like, it doesn't need to make sense. It just needs to sound cool. It's like, it what? It just needs to sound cool. What kind of animal abuse <laughs> bullshit is that? Yeah, what, what are you doing with this animal? Like, why, why, is he, why are you feeding him razor blades? Like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, so, and that's what we get. Like, um, like, all right, the only, the only part of this verse I am going to uh, acknowledge at all in this episode is cut myself on the neighbor's fence that I hopped as the cops tried to take me in. And I'm like, okay, so you're running from the cops at one point. Like, I assume that actually happened. That actually somehow means something. 
but like But you don't we don't get the story, right? We don't like why is this dude no. running from the cops? What like like you know I wanted I want him to keep going with his like terrible unspecific metaphors, like you know oh, then they hauled so me good. off to the jail of broken dreams. So like, <laughs> and then I, I was already imprisoned imprisoned by the various <laughs> shitty aspects of my life. Like it's just <laughs> it's just unspecific anger and sadness. Yeah, and then yeah, it's like first off, I, I also think that like that last that like last two lines that should have started the the should have started the verse and then you could have like built metaphors off of that regarding right. like and I, I your shitty the, life choices. Yeah, I think that the problem is that he tries to mirror Mark's verse. Right? Yeah. Where it was no, like, that's exactly Marx, what it is. Marx is like I forget what his what the first line is now, but I wasn't born with the rich blood. Yeah, I wasn't born with the rich blood, and so then Matty Skeeb says, I wasn't made for the good life. But, like, right? okay, like, okay, like, all right, so, like, sorry, sorry to cut you off. This is, like, no, this, I, am, I am very fucking heated about this verse and, like, how it could just better be rearranged. It's okay. So I understand, like, trying to mirror what Mark is doing, but you could also very easily mirror what he's doing by if you take the end at the beginning and then you end the verse with I wasn't made for the good life, like that right. would be so much more like literate, like as as a literate from a literature standpoint or yes, a lyrical standpoint, so much more interesting. For sure. It'd be yeah. way more interesting. He ended up getting stuck. So I, I do like that Mark is stuck in the thick mud and Matt is stuck on the side of the road. Yeah. But you don't, like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Like, what road? Like, the, you know, it's, of course it's Matt, so it's like the road of my, you know, failed relationships and, and checkered past. Yeah. But you don't ever know. He never says, like, here's what happened to me that made me feel a certain way. He yeah. Just, I tripped and fell on hard times. Tough breaks are the only kind I know. Like, he sounds like a fucking, like, a narrator from a noir movie. Right? <laughs> He's just like... Which, like, uh, 100%, which like, is 100%... Listen, darling, let me tell you about this city. <laughs> you know Mark Hoppus and Matt Skiba are 100% into, like, 50s noir movies. Like, and not, oh, yeah. uh, not ironically, because they're like, yo, no, this is what we're into because we're cultured or whatever. It's like, motherfuckers, you aren't cultured. You like that shit because you think it makes you cool. Right. So yeah, so then we get more of the same bullshit with the with the ver- which honestly every time I was, I was getting hit by the red shell of depression in the Mario Kart of existence. <laughs> uh, that that shit that would that would one hundred percent would slap. That would if slap. Like... If he just leaned into his ridiculous persona, I think that it could actually be a good song. He could write oh, some shit. Oh for, fuck yeah! Um, so all right, so the second time actually, so the first time I listened to this song, um, and I wrote down. Uh, as we get through the second chorus, I was like, okay, all right, this chorus is growing on me. Like, this is a, this is a solid melody. Like, it is catchy. But, you know, Blink-182 does yeah. that. Like, they, Yeah, they know how to write a catchy tune, for sure. But then, oh, my God, I I lost it. The, when they get to, like, the bridge. <laughs> yeah, I was raised on the Ritalin. <laughs> ever since I was a little kid. Ever since I was a little kid. Which, by the way, you know, going back to his, like, I wasn't – you know, I was, I was, I started off with plenty of nothing at all. Dude, if you were getting Ritalin as a kid, like, that just shows how much more of a luxurious oh, life you yeah. live than everybody else. Because, like, we all fucking had ADHD, and most people are just like, ah, my kid's just a fucking crazy kid. Like, yeah, and can do you, anything. If your yeah. parents were taking you to fucking the doctor to get that shit checked out, 
Like, yeah, you're so that which, plus, like, which this exactly is a dude that grew up in fucking like Carmel Valley. Like <laughs> this, like, this dude, like he's gonna try to sell us on his "I was raised with nothing at all." Like he is a fucking like charming guy in like an upper class fucking family. Yeah, like come on. Which like so that and that exactly goes against like I mean we I think people build these mythologies about their their childhood and like how much or how little they had. And clearly, like, when the next – this next line of no one ever seemed to give a shit, it's like, well, maybe they – you know, they didn't seem to give a shit, and that's a myth that you've built for yourself. But, like, right. the fact that your parents were – they literally cared enough to notice you were having a hard time in school or whatever and got right. you on fucking medicine – Right, like, and that's like that. He doesn't give very many. De- neither of them give very many details about their life for us to evaluate this. But every time they accidentally do give something, you're like, "Oh fuck!" Like fuck this guy. Yeah, exactly. I had to deal with this shit. You know, I didn't. I didn't know about my fucking ADHD until I was in my twenties. Dude, right? ex- exactly. Like I got diagnosed with ADD when I got to grad school. I was fucking twenty six years old when I finally got ADD meds. And as soon as I was on it, I was like, oh, holy shit, this is how it works? Yeah, you're like, oh, everybody else thinks this way? That's amazing. Like, I just, like, I literally, I am, I will absolutely, I am so absolutely happy that I was, like, gifted enough intelligence to, like, wing it with enough enthusiasm that, like, most of my teachers, like, didn't notice that I, like, had no idea what was going on. Like, yeah. It's, and also, one thing that I kind of like about this song is that, like, there, it's the idea of, like, all this, like, shitty, like, oh, yeah, no one gave a fuck about me. I was on Ritalin. Like, this is such, like, boring-ass, like, comfortable person, suburban, yeah. middle-class ennui, right? Like, this was the, this was, yeah. like, 90s middle-class problems with, like, like American it, Beauty and, like, shitty oh, movies that just, like, yeah. tried to analyze why rich people are sad. And then it's like the fucking recession comes and you're like, you want fucking, you're sad. You want something to be sad. I'll give you something to be sad. (laughs) Now you don't have a fucking house. Like now like that, I feel like everybody in the, in the position of youth that Blink-182 used to represent moved on to a world that was like way worse where they're getting like saddled with student loan debt and their fucking retirement's gone. There's like no upward mobility the way there used to be. Absolutely. And like Blink doesn't fucking understand that. Well, they, they, still they struck think it rich. The problems of youth are like just oh well, it's suburban ennui, and we're bored, and we're rich, and we don't know what to do with our lives. So and I, it's like no, that is no longer something that the youth can relate to. The youth is going through far more difficult yeah. shit right now. Well, so th- I think this is a this is a function of like you when you leave your class background when you if you ascend in the socioeconomic ladder your ability to relate to or even understand the class struggles beneath you are completely gone like or at the very least for these guys it's definitely completely gone like they they have no it's it's clearly from their from their songs completely gone yeah exactly can't write a, a relatable song and these are the guys that like both matt skiba and mark hoppus used to be able to write really interesting yes. introspective songs about what it means to grow up and to be awkward and stuff like that Absolutely. especially matt skiba like you know other than the weird like radio songs and stuff like he has some songs where you're like fuck this dude understands the complexity and nuances of like human relationships yeah and now and, it's just like wh- where is anything like, and so wh- and, and i don't and, and i and i want to say that like i don't think that necessarily like just because you become successful you're unable to identify or at least write 
uh, relatable stuff or at the very least no, capture capture the essence of the struggle that people are going through. But it's like it, it takes some level of introspection and right. some level of self-awareness that like apparently uh, Mark and Matt have lost potentially. Yeah. And I think that the problem is that they're still trying to write from the perspective of someone that they're no longer like that they aren't anymore. Right. And so – if they just wrote about, like, what it means to be, like, a shitty rich guy getting old, like, the way that, you know, some of, like, like the Menzingers or whatever, like, yeah. are doing, or, like, Jawbreaker which, or whoever, which, like. I, w- I want to throw this out there for any, if, if, you know, if you want a song, like, if you're, you know, we're sitting here shitting on this song. If you want a song, a particularly a bridge that just captures fucking struggle i actually go listen to the menzingers after the party and skip to the bridge and that is like a bunch of punches to the gut every single couplet just absolutely captures life in your struggling 20s wait what is the bridge on after the party i'm, I'm... um so that that is the like a wedding ring that never fit right a decade lost to romance and whis- and cheap whiskey wait uh that oh no that's telling lies that's telling, that's telling lies. lies yeah okay Okay. So wait, so just, do that whole rant over again. We'll cut all this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cut all this. All right. So, so like, if if you if you like really want a a bridge in a song that captures like the pain and loneliness of your of your twenties and the struggle of your twenties, um, don't listen to this song. Do not listen to "Blame It on My Youth." Go listen to the go listen to the Menzingers telling lies. Like, that bridge is an absolute gut punch after gut punch. Like, tension you can cut with a knife, like a wedding ring that never fit right. Yeah, Jesus. Like, just listen to that. Just everything yeah. from, like, the music to, like, uh, the composition of the of the song right then and there, like, is perfect. That is not what you're going to get with Blame It On My Youth. <laughs> and, Darren, I'm going to ask you right now, does this song slap? You know, Gabe, here's, here's what I would say. <laughs> I think it's trying to slap. I think it's making a valiant effort, but in some sense, the song is seeking forgiveness for its own inability to slap. And I'm not sure it's their fault that the song doesn't slap. I think sometimes it's just, it's for a structural reason, you cannot slap. You are you are no longer granted the ability to slap, and I think this is one of those songs. It's at times at least self enough, self-aware enough to recognize it, but no, on balance... This song doesn't quite slap. What do you think? I, I I completely agree. This song has just. I mean, I liked where when it originally started. Like the the, I was like, okay, this is a potentially new direction. I get where I get where it's coming from. A lot of bands are doing this. Uh, I won't fault them for that. But then just they had some good melodies. They had some a, a, a kind of a catchy hook, but like kind of all, an anthemic hook, but like. It never all quite came together in a way that that could slap. And the elements are there, but no. This song, Blame It on My Youth, does not slap. Next week, we'll be talking about Rude by... Darren wants me to say it this way. Magic! You can find Does It Slap on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, shit, just about everywhere. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends and give us a five-star rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. In your review, tell us what song you want us to get the slap treatment. The review will help other people find the podcast, and we might just add your song to the slap canon. 
Our theme music is by the patron saints of Slap, New Junk City. You can check out their band camp through the link in the description. Our cover art is by Jeremy Hammond. Find him on Twitter at Jeremy Thunder. Until next time, thanks for listening to Does It Slap, and we're out. <laughs>